Hello, hello, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, Doc. Let's chat. My name is Dr. Pindula Erica Choa. And I'm Dr. Karino Shtani. The healthcare gap that exists for women of color in America is real. Unfortunately, the conversations that should be occurring around the topic are just not as prevalent. Women are dying, and we need to figure out why. So we felt moved by the powers above to start and facilitate this conversation. So let's chat. Let's talk about women's health issues that are pertinent to you. We plan on tackling all topics as they pertain to your health. We will share our unique experiences as Black women and physicians and our personal encounters with the healthcare system. This episode is an introduction. We want you, listeners, to get to know us individually as physicians and why we started this podcast. So, Erica, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I was born in a small country called the Kingdom of Eswatini. It's in Africa. And I moved here in the early 90s at the age of nine years old. Oh, wonderful. And what drove you to medicine? I chose medicine at a very young age. I think I must have been maybe around eight years old. You see, my my grandmother was very ill. She suffered a massive stroke, which left her disabled at the age of 50-something. And I watched my mother care for her on a daily basis until the day she died. My mom would take us to the hospitals where we would travel several days in the week. Um, And I believe she was housed in a public hospital where... uh, we would basically go and and my mom did everything for her. In fact, the experiences still remain vivid until this day. My mom would clean her in the hospital room. She would bring food to her while she was there. And she slept on a mat in her room. She actually did not have a mattress. It was pretty awful, actually. The conditions were extremely bad. I used to call the ward that she stayed in the death ward because everybody in there just looked awful. They looked cachectic, super skinny, and they really had the appearance of death. As a small child, I picked up on those healthcare inequities very early on, and I didn't like it. I had been to other hospitals in the country, which were wealthier, and noted a stark difference. So I chose medicine because I hated seeing those differences. I hated seeing those inequities, and I really wanted to relinquish suffering in the world. That was really why I chose medicine, among other reasons, of course. Wow, it sounds like it had a profound impact on you. Can you tell us a little bit why and, um, uh, I mean, a little bit about your medical training? Sure, I can do that. I attended the University of Pittsburgh for my undergraduate studies, where I majored in chemistry and Africana studies. I then trained in emergency medicine at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, at Harvard University. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And I currently practice in Atlanta. I currently have several interests uh, right now, one of them being diversity and inclusion, where I serve on local and national committees, and I participate in a lot of uh, global health projects. Oh, wow. So tell us, why did you feel that this podcast needed to be started, and what does it mean to you? 
I love my job as an emergency room physician. I get the privilege to see people in their greatest need, and I deal with society's most vulnerable people. When time allows, although rarely, I love sitting down with my patients and their families and discussing their health and their diagnosis in detail, and I enjoy counseling them. I love the encouragement I receive from many patients who appreciate me for taking my time to care for them and take care of them. And in fact, many families will say it's really calming and it's really good to see me, a woman of color, take care of them, that it made them feel at ease when they were scared. But why scared though? Yes, they were scared because a lot of black people are terrified when they come into the emergency department. They're scared that they will not be heard, that their pain would be minimized, and that they will leave misdiagnosed. I remember I had one postpartum patient who came in, she had shortness of breath, and I remember her telling me vividly that she was scared that she would die in this hospital because of all the women who had died peripartum surrounding their, their births and after giving birth. And so she was terrified. She was terrified that something bad would happen to her. And based on the research there, I really don't blame her. There's a history of mistrust in our country built on personal experiences, constant stories of, about black women dying in the media. A lot of women do not want to go to the hospital. So Erica, if you don't mind sharing with our audience, have you ever personally experienced any discrimination as a black woman and or a patient? Wow, I could probably say definitely. Um, I've at least had two instances where I felt that my color um, or my race played a role in my care. So the first instance that I remember, I was in medical school. I used to have these terrible GI issues in college as well as medical school. And I remember one time I had left anatomy lab and I had severe abdominal pain. I was sure that I was dying. I was sure something horrible was going on with me. So I went to my local ER, which was just down the street from my medical school. And I checked in, I was put in a room sat in a room and lo and behold, while I was sitting, I overheard a nurse saying that she was not going to give me any pain medication at all. And I don't know, something about her tone made me feel that before she even saw me, she had already labeled me as a drug seeker. Mm. And that made me feel bad. And the second episode, which I remember in more detail because it was so recent, so prior to conceiving my child, my current child, who is 11 months old, I suffered a miscarriage. It was at about 12 weeks when I presented to a local emergency department with spotting and cramping. They did the ultrasound and they saw that the fetus did not have a heartbeat. I was given medication to help move things along and went home that night. Unfortunately, things did not move as fast as I thought they would. I had severe abdominal pain. I was passing out in the house and was vomiting several times, so much so that my husband rushed me to the local emergency department. 
while I was there, they put an IV in me. They gave me medication, additional medication to help me pass the, the rest of the fetus, Cytotec. And I was discharged home, still bleeding, still in abdominal pain. Um, however, things had improved. That entire week following my presentation in the emergency department, I was having severe pain. I was still bleeding, cramping, and I started to feel really bad, really feverish. So I sent emails to the OB group. I sent emails. I, I tried to call the nursing line, and nobody was returning my phone calls. So one day, I decided that I would just show up in clinic because nobody had contacted me. I was in clinic, and I spoke with a clerk, and I said, do you think someone is available to speak with me? So the clerk was like, okay, what's going on? I told her what's going on. She said, let me go see if I can find a nurse or physician to speak with you. So she went to the back and came back. I'm sorry, no one is available to speak with you. Hmm. Could you please try again? I'm in severe pain and I really need to talk to somebody. Surely somebody must be available to speak with you. So she went to the back. And then she found the physician who saw me on Monday and came back and said, unfortunately, the doctor can't speak with you. But she did say that you need to follow up for your blood work, as she stated, a week or two from now. And she would not put you in for an ultrasound. At that point, I was upset. Mm -hmm. I broke down and identified myself as a physician. Okay. I remember sitting in the clinic lobby and just crying, mostly from emotional exhaustion and the pain that I felt after losing a desired pregnancy, but I was devastated. The clerk hugged me and she prayed for me at that moment in the lobby. She was able to get her own obstetrician who squeezed me in for a visit that day and performed a bedside ultrasound. She saw me and noted that I had retained fetal parts. So she instructed me to present in the AM for a DNC if I did not pass everything that night. Luckily for me, I went home and completed my miscarriage. It was a horrific experience, Karen. Yes. If this could happen to me, what more the general public? So I get it. Women are not making up their stories. We need to talk about these issues, Karen. Thank you for sharing your story with us. That was very powerful. No problem. I, I still get chills telling that story. But anyways, enough about me, Corinne. I've known you forever. Okay. That's since right. <laughs> since 2005. I was a fresh immigrant. We were <laughs> little kids in college, pre-med. Um, but just can you please tell our listeners about yourself and just let them know about why you chose medicine? All right, guys. So um, I am Dr. Tenny, as you know, and I wasn't always Dr. Tenny. I was just Kareen who had moved um, from Cameroon back in 2003 and um, to Pittsburgh, where I met you. Mm -hmm. At that point, I wasn't too sure I was going to go into medicine, although my grandmother will tell my story a little bit differently. <laughs> she was totally certain that I made that choice as a child. As a matter of fact, um, she recalls many stories that I'm like, Grandma, are you sure about that? But anyway, to make a long story short, I was born in a family of physicians. My mother is a physician, and I was raised by my grandparents, whom themselves held advanced degrees. My grandfather, as a matter of fact, had a PhD. 
So I was groomed in an environment that exposed me to seek a higher education. Okay. So my grandmother um, likes to tell the story of me playing doctor as a child in the neighborhood with my friends. <laughs> and I, But I do remember um, going through the medicine cabinet <laughs> to find medications um, to help my little friends in the neighborhood when they'll get hurt <laughs> while playing with me or even get sick. You see, very early on, I learned about the inequalities that exist when it comes to healthcare in poor communities. Child uh, mortality due to lack of healthcare access was, and it's still prominent where I come from, and I saw it growing up. So I always had a strong need to care for people. And to this day, I find that my happiest moments are within the joy of healing and caring for my patients. Mm. Um, but medicine became a clear choice for me in college after a volunteer trip that I took to Cameroon, my home country, and spent some time in various hospitals. Um, I was particularly drawn to care for women as I realized that they are the cornerstones of their families yeah. and their lack or of health had com- tremendous consequences on their communities. Mm. So my passion was born then, and here I am today. Wow, that's so true. Women really do have an impact on their communities. Definitely. Yeah. So tell us, when you decided to do uh, medicine, uh, tell us about your training a little bit. What did yes. you? Where did you go? Yes. So um, I completed my undergrad, my undergraduate studies at the University of Pittsburgh, where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, I then went on to Drexel University in Philadelphia for medical school. Uh, I was trained as an obstetrician and gynecologist at Cooper University Hospital in New Jersey, and I currently practice in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, I remain involved in various global health organizations, and most recently um, I joined an obstetric um, patient quality and safety improvement committee locally. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell us why you felt this podcast was needed and what it means to you? I felt um, that there is a tremendous need for women of color to be heard in regards to their health. And I realized that I had a very unique lens as a black woman and a black woman gynecologist and as well as an immigrant. I learned going through my training and now as a practicing physician that I was in a position where I could make a difference for my patients in advocating for them, but I did not always understand why some of them had a different outcome than others. Over time, I came to realize that women of color face very different challenges when when seeking care, but do not always have a voice to express those differences. Like you, you know, I had various encounters with patients that were a kind reminder of the inequalities in healthcare and, you know, the issues they had. I really felt that I had the privilege to be in a position where culturally and professionally I could raise awareness on those challenges that lead to poor health outcome for women of color. Also, um realized that I could be a tool for my patients, let them ask me questions and raise their concerns um, that they would otherwise be afraid to ask because of fear of dismissal 
racism and implicit bias. Mm-hmm. Well, can you have you personally ever experienced any discrimination as a black woman, as a physician, or as a patient? I have to say, uh, by God's grace, I have not interacted within the healthcare system as a patient that much. However, as a provider, I experience implicit bias as a black woman quite often. And it can be exhausting at times. But I have the privilege, again, to have a strong voice as a physician. And I have learned over time to make my voice heard gently but firmly. We all have the stories of being mistaken for the nurse aide when we walk into the patient's room, right? Or the questions that um, may arise when I introduce myself as the gynecologist or the surgeon who will be performing their procedure. And most of the time, I use those opportunities as um, teachable moments to raise cultural sensitivity to help decrease unconscious and even conscious bias. Mm. So I've definitely experienced implicit bias in my job, and I'm sure the listeners can also attest to that. So there you have it, guys. You have had the chance to learn a little bit more about us and why we have chosen to pursue this journey into podcasting. You heard us talk about our experiences, our background, and really our encounters with the healthcare system. And our next episode is going to touch on maternal mortality. Yes, guys, there's a lot to talk about. Black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than white women. Wow. We need to have those conversations. Why is that? (laughs) You will have to tune in next week. Okay, well, all right. Listeners, remember to tune in. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be the first to get updates and listen to new episodes, all right? We want to be able to dissect the data for you We want to equip you with reasonable solutions so that you can protect yourself, your sisters, your loved ones, your friends. We're here for you. That's right. Please email email us at heydocletschat at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know how you feel about our podcast. And we also want to be able to talk about topics that interest you. So email us so this experience can be an interactive one. Thank you for tuning in. This was Hey Doc, Let's Chat with Doctors Choa and Tani. Until next time. Mm-hmm.